Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Let's Go on an Adventure. I know I'm a few days late, but I have a very good reason, and that reason is I was setting this up for you. So I spent about 48 hours binge reading, just straight up binge reading. Um, now, I can't say it was more than two books. However, it was a lot of pages. Uh, I read over... 800 pages in 48 hours closer to 900 pages just to make sure I had everything for you guys And like I said in my last couple of videos, I believe I have been making a Reading journal that way I have better notes and everything that I can do to make sure that you have the best Bookish podcast experience possible where I can have more information favorite quotes You know things that I liked and disliked about the books favorite characters the whole gambit and this one was a duology, which is also why it took me a little bit longer because I started reading, finished book one, book one ended on a cliffhanger. So of course I had to start book two. However, by the time I started book two, it was almost two o'clock in the morning and I had to work the next day at nine. So it was a very tiring, tiring 48 hours, but that did not stop me right after work. I came back home and I grabbed that book and I continued reading. And I continued reading until about two in the morning and passed out with the book, you know, in my bed, woke up, saw the book was there and I was like, well, let's just keep on reading. So I got this all set up for you guys. This podcast is going to include two books because they go hand in hand and there's no way I could honestly start with book one and not give you book two. It's just, it's just too good, too good. So let us get this party started. So the book duology that I'm going to talk to you about today is These Hollow Vows and These Twisted Bonds by Lexi Ryan. Now, Lexi Ryan is somewhat of a new author. She does have some other books out there. I totally forgot to write those notes down, so I can't tell you what they are. However, based off of just these two books, I would definitely go read some of her other reads. Now, for those of you who are new, welcome. Um, most of my podcasts are all fantasy, um, and that these these are no different. <laughs> so, these hollow vow, these hollow vows, and these twisted bonds uh, are high fey fantasy and adventure. If you don't know what high fey fantasy it is, it is literally fairy or fey. Um, fey is very much a don't want to say androgynous word, but more of a uh, generalization of different fairy beings, whether it actually be fairy or just you know those in that type of realm sprites fairies uh surreals uh succubi different things like that it's all considered in the realm of fairy uh or anything fairy any type of book that deals with fae fairy that's what it is akatar all of them they're considered fae fantasy i know there's so many just random genres and categorizations it's ridiculous but i digress so book one is These Hollow Vows, and These Hollow Vows is 439 pages. It was published in 2021, July of 2021, and you know what? It wasn't bad. I give it four and a half stars. Um, I actually gave both of these books, I think, four and a half stars. And the reason why I didn't get five stars, I'll go into that later, is there's just a few different things that... Uh, just got me, but it was really good. Um, like, it was pretty good. Of course, I have my favorite character, my favorite uh, trope, but I don't want to spill the beans too much on that. How, uh, however, the first book, 
and even the second book is not is not that bad but first book it's not very spicy it focuses just on the story no sex scenes and everything like that which is good because we don't always read a book for the spice we have specific books we read for that type of genre and this is not one of those but it was a really interesting read the concept of it is it is our main character which it, her name is briella and goes by goes short by brie i love the name briella i think it's really cute and her sister jazz now Briella is the main character in this story. Jazz is more of very much a sub-character. Not even like hand-in-hand, hand, but a sub-character. They live in a world where they believe that the Fae are basically monsters. They're by humans to feed off of and all this stuff. That's what their society is built off of. They're also built on a society of contracts. And by that I mean if they're poor, if they're struggling, they can get into a contract with people and beings anyone knows that when it comes to a contract with a fae it's never good you have to be specific to make sure that there are no loop arounds um you have to be you can't be general you can't be general um a good physical representation is if anyone has watched the shrek series there's the one with rumpelstiltskin and he had to be very clear about what he wanted in the contract and what he signed up for because otherwise they could twist the words you know simple as that and it's the same in this story is she has to be very everyone has to be very clear on her contracts and she as well now her and her sister unfortunately entered a contract with a woman named madame vivius or aunt v i absolutely hate this woman i truly do there's very few chapters on her but that she's a vile woman think of evil stepmother in cinderella and that's her plus you know 20. it's she's she's a mean woman now, they entered a contract with Aunt V because when they were younger, their mom disappeared, essentially abandoned them. And right after a huge fire, Briella was burned. She still had a scar on her wrist, but they, they were in a house fire. And so they entered this contract with Aunt V so they didn't end up on the streets. Now, a part of this contract is they had to pay a specific type of rent that was absolutely astronomical. And if they didn't pay this fee, there was consequences and interest that was absolutely ridiculous essentially if you entered into any type of contract in this world there was so much interest in everything like that that if you could actually buy your way out of the contract it was a miracle if you could actually pay off your debt for this contract it was a miracle and in this case they were dug so deep there was no way that they were going to get out no matter how much briella tried jazz did her best in the aspect of making gowns and everything for aunt v's horrendous two daughters like when I say evil stepmom, evil stepmom and the evil stepsisters, that's that's them. It's ridiculous. Now, the way Briella, however, got her money is she was a fantastic thief. She seemed to blend in the shadows very well, could get through different things, through different wards and magic, you know, barriers and everything pretty decently, and that's what she did. Now, the night that she has enough she steals from one of the richest people in their area uh gets through the wards however she bled a little bit what she, whatever she's not worried about it um unfortunately that left her dna behind however she found out that her friend nick her daughter had entered a contract because her mom had gotten sick and they didn't have the money for you know medicine and it just happened to be the amount that she had gotten from this guy and so she says I don't want her to be stuck in a contract like we are. Here's the money. Buy yourself out of this contract. 
whatever, knowing full well that they're going to be behind, essentially, on their payments to Aunt V. Now, there is a bright light in, oh, excuse me, in Briella's life, and that bright light goes by the name of Sebastian. Now, of course, we love the name Sebastian. We always know what that means. That's, that's the hunky love, you know, love interest, right? By the way, they're like 16, so don't, don't go too crazy. 16, 17. Well, Sebastian has been a mage's apprentice and has been teaching her little spells here and there so she can get through these wards and all that kind of thing. He likes to come and visit every now and then, but he's about to go off and do training. Well, she's out in the courtyard and he's about to leave and they happen to kiss when one of the sisters comes out and lets Brianna know or Bree know in a very, you know, sneery kind of way that, you know, she's out here kissing, you know, this guy and everything when her sister has been sold. Now, Bree had no idea that this happened. She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, well, if you hadn't heard, you know, our mother just sold Bree to someone else and she's leaving, you know, now. Bree is terrified. Comes into, you know, goes running into Aunt V's, you know, room and she sees uh, both contracts, hers and her sister's, torn up in ashes on the floor. And Aunt V just looks at her all sickeningly sweet and is like, you know, congratulations, your contracts have been paid in full. What? She straight up sells her sister without even telling her, by the way. She has no idea that her sister about out to be sold. No warning or whatever. Just sells her on a whim kind of thing to a king of the Fey world, of the Shadowlands. Now, to be clear, in the Fey world, there's the Seely, there's the Unseely, and then there's the Wild Fey. And her sister was sold to the Shadow King of the Unseely. She's devastated, but she's vowing that she will go and save her sister. Absolutely. And that's exactly what she does. She goes, crosses into the Fey realm to save her sister. And in doing so, she goes to the uh, Golden Court, which is the Seely Court, uh, all dressed up and fancy so that way she can get to a portal. Now, the queen is having this huge ball in favor of her son prince ronin who needs to get married and he needs to get married to a human female why because human females are very fertile and therefore there's a higher chance of extending the line basically they, they were using being human as a way of being like cattle not not quite in agreement, but i understand the setup that she was going with and it, it made sense whatever who does she run into but sebastian all glamoured up to look like a fae. Or was he? Come to find out, Sebastian had a very deep secret. And that deep secret was he himself is fae. And none other than Prince Ronin. Oh my goodness. Just, oh my goodness. So you can imagine the betrayal Bree feels. Bree has hated the fae her whole entire life. Has been warned about fae. She wants nothing to do with them. Just... No, and the person that is her love interest, someone she's had a crush on for years and has been there, has been lying to her this whole time and is actually Faye. So she goes running and she runs into a stranger by the name of Finn, who's also Faye, but has these just amazing silver eyes, apparently, because she can't seem to stop staring at them. And he says he's a friend. He knows what's going on. He can help her and everything like that. This, that and the other thing. 
Well, one thing she also notices while she's in this Fey realm is she has this very extraordinary gift, and that gift is her is shadows. She can kind of just merge into the shadows. Now, she thought that this gift was nothing new. It was something that she could do back in, you know, the human realm. She's just really good at sneaking around. Mm, yeah, no, wrong. She actually has powers. And why does she have powers? She doesn't know. She's not Fae. And it just absolutely amazing the adventure that she goes through. I can't do too much. I'm going to have to spoil some things to get to book two. Um, but... There is another betrayal that happens in the end, and her powers grow. Um, one of my favorite quotes, actually, is towards the last of the book. It's literally on page 438, and it's this scene where it says, They expect me to dress pretty and show up to be his queen. I am not a pretty thing to be manipulated. I am darkness, and the power is rushing through my veins is stronger than ever. This is what it's like to be fae and have magic. And magic is life. Shivers, right? Oh my goodness, shivers. Now, once you actually know what happens throughout the story, which is why I'm trying to urge you to read it, like, you, you just based off of that end line, you gotta read it. You just, you gotta. I, it's, the scene that happens is absolutely amazing and fantastic. It was great. Um... I liked a lot of the uh, characters that were actually in the group. It was really hard to actually pick a character. I wish there was more for Jazz. Uh, there was the main villain, which I want to say his name is like, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Mordius, and he's the Shadow King. And I liked him as a villain. I truly did. I was kind of hoping she was setting him up to be not truly a villain, just acting to be the villain, but that wasn't the case. And... When that villain is defeated, the things that you find out about it is pretty awesome. It's it's pretty awesome. The story was great. Had a lot of twists and turns. I did have a complaint, though, with her writing. And that is, and there are certain aspects of the book where you could see where she has writer's block. And just wrote where she could. Like, just to try to keep up the story. But then she went to the next chapter and the writer's block was gone and she actually delved back into the story full force, which was good to see. So like she, she was able to transition pretty well when it came to that. Uh, the characters were very well created. I didn't have any issues with the characters pretty well rounded, which made it difficult to pick a favorite character. Uh, she made it very hard to pick sides because there's a struggle there where you don't know who's good, who's bad, if they're playing each other or what and you're sitting there going, ah, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Is this person just saying they're the good guy and trying to put confusion onto this guy and vice versa? I, what's what's going on? And there's definitely, as, as you can hear, there's, you know, a bit of a love triangle between Sebastian and Finn later. But my question, question really is, is it truly a love triangle or something more? And that's where book two comes in. Book two is called These Twisted Bonds. The way it ended in book one literally is how it transitioned to book two. And it was fantastic. Book two is these twisted bonds and it is 476 pages. So it's about 30 more pages or 40 more pages more than the other one. And it came out in 2022. So last summer actually. And I gave it the same rating as the last book. Um, how 
because mostly because the same issue as the first book is you could definitely tell where she was getting writer's block and just wrote where she could. Um, however, you could definitely see so much more character development. And I loved that. Absolutely loved that. Like, Abriella's character grows immensely. And that's amazing. I love it when a character, or sorry, not a character, an author continues a book series or a duology, a second book, and she makes it obvious that there's growth in a character or in two characters or in three characters. And that's really cool. And you see it growth in a few of the characters. You see growth with Sebastian. You see growth with Finn. You see growth with Abriella. Um, as much as at some point you do hate one or the other or both or whatever. I did cry in this book just because there's a scene where a choice has to be made. And I don't mean necessarily a choice between two lovers, but a different choice of self-sacrifice. And, and, and for me, being romantic that I am, was heart-wrenching. And I don't want to dive too much into that, but it it was. It was heart-wrenching. Um, at this point, Abriella has changed quite a bit. Uh, not just mentally and through growth, but physically changed. And her power is a lot stronger. It's twice as strong now. And one of the... if The last quote was, magic is life. So she has magic flowing through her, and that is life for the Fae. They're life their blood is through magic it's not if you get stabbed and bleed out they die no it's if their magic gets drained they can die now in this one there is a character that i absolutely love and his name is misha misha cracks me up he truly does because he has that vibe of the gay but not gay best friend and he's a mind reader so one of his powers is that he can read your mind and which for her is super annoying because she'll have thoughts and he's like, Haha, I can see that. <laughs> she could have like a super dirty thought and he could just literally just peer in there and be like, ooh, that's hot. That's cool. And it's funny. My favorite quote by him is actually this. And it's, as we speak, two of the most powerful males in our realm are fighting over you. He waves a hand up and down. He goes, now that you're cleaned up, I can see why. Perhaps I'll let them destroy each other and keep you for myself. <laughs> And he makes comments like that constantly, and it cracks me up. By the way, this man is married and has side pieces on the side. He is the king of the wild fae, so he has consorts, he has concubines, as well as his wife. And his wife was a marriage of political gain. He does love his wife, but they are not together in the aspect for love. He does care for her. She has a special place in his heart, and vice versa. They are just not in love with each other in the most conventional way. But whatever, you know what? To each their own. This one, again, I had a few favorite characters. Um, I didn't have a favorite villain in this one. I didn't. And because the villain was kind of uh, hard to pick out. And that was one thing that I did say was kind of a negative about this book is the climax of the book was not as climactic as I was hoping it would be. Um you the villains uh were a little underdeveloped and the aspect of you know who the villain is you have kind of like oh you're a villain too moment but that literally meeting the villain face to face was like a page and a half like it was not or like maybe a chapter it was not long it wasn't and it was a chapter 
of, you know, actually facing the villain or at least a few pages of facing the villain, going to the next chapter and villain is destroyed kind of thing. And it made it difficult to actually enjoy the last part there. Truly, though, as underwhelming as it was, it didn't change the fact that it had a good ending um, and the duology ended up being really good. Um, one of the best things I did like is how they made one person seem like a villain without them actually being a villain. Because they did do that. They did that very well. You thought he was something when they weren't. And they also had a character development that made the twist at the end even better. Uh, it made the self-sacrifice even better and heartwarming and just made you want to get a box of tissues. Um, there was a couple times where it, like the twists were kind of cliche, but that can't be helped. I mean, every now and then, especially with books that have to do with Fae, that have to do with fantasy world and everything like that, you can't always be 100% original as much as we want to be because there's there's very little we can actually be original with. It's It all comes from somewhere. And for what it's worth, it was great. Like, it was good. There's lies, there's mysteries, there's heartache, there's, you know, power. There's a little bit of everything to be in this book. Uh, this one does have a couple of sexy scenes. Um, I personally only rated it at about two star for sex scenes like two chili peppers on the spicy scale out of five um however everyone's different when it comes to that compared to like from blood and ash it's way tame like way tame compared to uh touch of darkness way tame so it's it's one of those where it's there you get a little bit of detail but as opposed to the akatar series to from blood and ash from uh, touch of darkness where it's like a chapter long or like six pages long each scene was like maybe a paragraph or two it wasn't a lot there was a, maybe there was three scenes there's two or three but it was literally broken down into a few paragraphs it wasn't even a few pages so it when it comes to spice it wasn't that high in my opinion in my opinion um I think that's all I have for you guys this time. I honestly do suggest this book. Yes, I don't give it a full five stars with its little quirks. I'm also picky. As someone who likes to write, I can tell when people are having writer's block because I can see myself doing the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I could just be reading between it too much and I got bored during a scene or something. And that's very possible. My opinion is just that. It is my opinion, which is why I urge everyone to read it themselves. It is still a good book. It is still a good book. To be fair, I don't think I have given any recommendations that are less than four stars, except for maybe uh, Stalking Jack the Ripper. That one, that one though, that's that's me. I, I figured out the mystery way too fast. If I had started maybe later in the series with a different character, it would have done better. But that's all I've got for you guys this time. Give me a couple weeks and hopefully I'll have another one or two. I have a few duologies, so I might do that for the next couple weeks. But we'll see. We will see. If I can knock out two books in 48 hours, imagine what I can do with more. So uh, let's hope that I have time to do so. <laughs> 
Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all that are new and are listening for the first time. I hope you stay along for the ride of this podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I've lost some listeners and that's fine. But with losing listeners, I've gained new ones. I know things have been chaotic with my timeline. I am doing my best, guys, to try to make sure it's every couple of weeks. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And I hope these books lead you on to your next adventure. Have a good night, guys.